0: You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So I love what we're going to be looking at today uh, because it's one of, I think, um, you know, I uh, one of, I think, my, and, and I suspect many other people's uh, central challenges with, uh, with with prayer, especially um, uh, formal liturgical prayers that's laid out in the Jewish tradition. Uh, you know, namely that, you know, they're really, um, uh, Anne Lamott, the writer, says that there's basically three uh, uh, basic prayer dispositions or prayer postures, uh, help, thanks, and wow, right? And, um, and and so much of Jewish liturgical prayer is uh, either thanks or wow, and and of those two things, way more wow than thanks, uh, which is uh, interesting when you uh, when you when you consider that because often we think, you know, we, we sort of uh, um, think of of prayer as sort of a, a gratitude um, uh, practice, which there at least in part it is. Um, and we also, I think, tend to think of prayer um, uh, as um, as a petitionary exercise, right? We, you know, when we talked about this a little bit, you know, you sort of you rub the magic lamp and you ask the genie for whatever wishes you have that, that given week. And um, and there is a little bit of that in Jewish prayer, although if you look at closely at the text in the Siddur, um, there's actually not much of that. There's very little, if any on a personal level and most of it is stylized right so most of the petitionary prayers are communal in nature right we, we would say refaeinu heal us right uh, barech aleinu shana hazot right uh, 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 bless us all with a good year uh, when we ask for prosperity there's not you know ble- uh, um, uh, barech Alay, right, would be the uh, singular of that, Bless, give blessings unto me, or uh, rifa'eni, right, uh, um, heal me. Uh, we don't do a lot of that. You certainly can, right? Prayer is an opportunity to do that, as we've talked about with uh, uh, in the Nativo Shalom's conception before this, that, that prayer um, by, by nature includes that, can include that. It's just not what the Siddur tells us to do when we pray. So when we pray like that, In many cases, we go off script, which is fine. That's part of the goal. The goal is to go off script to um, uh, throughout our study of Nitivot Shalom. The theme that he's been underscoring is the point of prayer is dvekut, is uh, connection or closeness to God, clinging to God, right? Uh, I've mentioned a few times that uh, devek is the modern Hebrew word for glue. Right? so it's the same same route to glue ourselves to God um, and, and one of the ways we do that is by uh, pouring our hearts out to God being vulnerable like like you said Lisa um, uh, to, to really express what's in the bottom of our hearts and often and some at least sometimes that's petitionary in nature we we want you know we, we need things in our lives uh, we talked a little bit about different kinds of petitions we talked about physical petition and spiritual petition but in the essay that we're looking at today um, he asks, I think, a really crucial question, which is what's the function of that um, uh, third aspect of prayer, right? Help, thanks, and wow. Uh, what's the function of the wow aspect of prayer, right? If, uh, if prayer is ultimately about tvekut, about closeness or communion or connection to God, um, uh, uh, then, the, then, then all of the praises uh, are uh, somewhat strange, um, you know, you, why we, would we need to praise God in order to become close to God, right? It should be a purely emotional connection, pouring our hearts out before God, et cetera, right? And why is that so much of the, of the siddur? Why is that so much of the prayer book, you know, that a that rabbi uh, who put together the siddur over, over the centuries said, you know, this should be primarily what we spend our time doing in prayer? And they clearly had a sense that that was uh, perhaps the most important thing we could do. Now... One thing that you'll hear a lot of, um, a lot of people say, and people who I think should know better say, um, that they don't really mean or couldn't really mean if they had thought about it, um, which is that the the wow parts of the prayer book, right, the exaltations and praises of God that you have in the prayer book, uh, are are uh, meant to sort of butter God up for uh, for asking for things, right? So we're about to, you know, uh, and they take this, I mean, the, the Talmud itself says this in one passage, but it's it's hard to say that because the Talmud says this one passage that all of Jewish tradition says that this is the function of uh, of praise and prayer. Uh, but the Talmud in one passage in, in Masechet Brachot says that if you look at the weekday Amida, it's, it's divided into three parts. There's, a, there's a, a section of praise, a section of petition, and a section of gratitude. And so the Talmud says that the opening is like when a servant goes before his master wanting, uh, wanting something from the master, um, the, the, the servant lays on the, the heaps on the praises, you know, to sort of get them ready for the ask, right? And then you make the ask and then you say, thank you for the, at least the opportunity to have made the ask, if not for having received what you, what you gave me. Um, I think that, uh. From for, from a lot of points of view, theologically, that doesn't really hold muster. Um, I, I I feel like a God that uh, needs to be buttered up in order to grant our wishes um, is not a God that's worthy of our worship. Um, and it's probably not the God that virtually anybody actually believes in, which is what I mean by people say this who ought to know better. Um so, so what Nativo Chalom is going to offer us, I think, is a is a totally, I thought, eye opening way to look at at praise. Okay, so we're on um, this page uh, is the front page. So everybody, let's see. Everybody looks like you're on the right page. It's got the break in the right hand column with a big gimel in it. Um, you see? Yeah. No, you nope. Your other side. Uh, good, yeah. Good. 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 All right. Uh, so we're on line, what would be line 11, right? We're the um right after the uh, paragraph break on uh, the right-hand side. Right there. Good. <coughs> what? U-kotev. Oh, right. U-kotev. Yeah, right. Kotev Rabbeinu. Um, our rabbis wrote, right? Kotev Rabenu od beinyan tefillah, u shivcho shalmakon. Right, so our rabbis in the Talmud, and this actually is a, a a quote from that section of the Talmud that I just referenced. So our rabbis wrote in the Talmud about this uh, issue of prayer, shall uh, makom that um, that we should uh, speak the praises of God. viyeshleva Right, so this is a big portion of tfilah, This is a big portion of prayer, and so it behooves us to. Um, to uh, elucidate it because on its surface it's surprising that we do so much praising right um, right so so what what um, uh, what aspect of the, of the service of prayer, of the work of prayer, of the, the whole premise of this is that tefillah's avodah shebalev is the service of the heart. Right? It should be uh, an outpouring of the soul, an outpouring of uh, breaking open of the heart. So if that's the case, then, um, uh, then, then what function does all of this praise have in, in prayer? Right, So what value is there that a, a person who is lowly and, uh, and, and humble and of, uh, of, of small knowledge, um, it's an inelegant English translation that I just came up with small knowledge, um, uh, a limited perspective, right? Um, how could a human being truly speak the praises of God, right? Even God's name is ineffable, right? Meaning we don't know how to pronounce it. So, so how, can we, how can we speak the praises of God as if we have any inkling of what God is or who God is or even the depth of what God has done, right? Well, who are we to speak God's praises? Right when 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 uh, we have no real grasp of the greatness of God. Right, and anything that we say is like nothingness uh, and vanity um, uh, uh, against reality. We have no, We have no it was like, like it said, like limited perspective. We don't really know the nature of God. Right. And so to really speak the praise of something or someone, you have to have a, some kind of understanding about what it is and what it does and what it stands for. When I, when I praise my wife, um, there's usually a concrete reason for me, like a concrete thing that I'm praising her for. Right? When I praise my child, there's usually, and I have an understanding of like, uh, of 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 who those are, and at least who they are relationally to me. And um, but but God is totally other, right? So how, so how can we uh, possibly uh, speak God's praises of Adaraba Gato, Maktim and and all the more so. That when we lowly human beings deign to praise God, we realize how infinitesimally small we are, right? So it's like the more we speak God's praises, the smaller we become. And the smaller we become, the, the harder it is to speak God's praises, right? Because we have no, no uh, place in, um, uh, 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 in in that dynamic. Now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to line 21, where I made like a little uh, notation there. You see, <clears throat> line 21, Achen, because he just he just gives a, a you know, like a, an illustration of his point from the Talmud there. Um, okay, so let's analyze this. He says, from the perspective that we've been expounding upon, that the essence of of prayer is dvekut is connection to God, is clinging to God. Right. So, uh, so through that, through that prism, you can also understand uh, speaking God's praises. Okay, so we can. uh, uh, So this is like uh, we find in the writings of our rabbis of blessed memory. They had lots of debates about the 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 issue of prayer. They knew that or the issue of praise in prayer. They knew they had a tradition, an older tradition, that prayer should have a lot of praise. But then they went on and debated what's the function or purpose of that praise, right? They had the same sorts of challenges with it. Uh, but they do go on to say that anybody who says, uh, who, who sings words of song, uh, uh, praise, so, you know, songs of praise in this world uh, merits to sing them in the next world, right? So uh, so they had a sense that there was something profoundly important about doing it, Um there, there's all sorts of statements in uh, rabbinic literature about the sorts of things that we do in this world to merit inheriting the next world as if the rabbis you know, held the key. Um, and, uh, and, and I guess you know, one, there are a lot of different ways, I think, to, to think about that, um, think about it in a sort of practical level that if you engage in these kinds of behaviors, um, you'll have uh, built eternality for yourself. Now, you'll have connected yourself to something bigger than yourself something transcending yourself and so therefore you Transcend your own finite existence. Um, it could also mean something like um, uh, if you do these things or uh, um, uh, uh, On a regular basis, you'll have contributed to uh, uh, building a world that reflects the concept of olam haba, right? Um, and it could also be you know, uh, I mean the whole idea of olam haba is um, living, uh, uh, in, in, uh, direct union with God, right? And so if, uh, if, if the function of prayer is from at least our limited ability and limited vantage point on earth to have at least a momentary union with God, uh, then, uh, then, uh, then, then, then what, uh, this might be saying is that, um, that engaging in an activity that brings us closer to God enables us to eternally be close to God. right? So we do it in a small way here, uh, but by elevating our soul in that way and, and connecting to the utmost in that limited capacity, we enable ourselves to do it in, in a full capacity. Um, Habior, <clears throat> so the explanation of this is in line, line 25. Uh, okay, so the explanation of this is how great the, the value is of uh, singing God's praise. Shira is the Hebrew word for song, obviously, but he means by that like um, um, the, the, uh, the synonym for Shira is like zimrah, right? So we have psuche de zimrah uh, in the morning. Uh, we have it on Saturday morning, weekday mornings too. right and and ninety five percent of Suke Zimra um, are words of praise. right? So these things are kind of interchangeable in in um, rabbinic language that Shira is is words of praise. Kishira,imihem. okay? this is this is ultimately his point, but he goes deeper than this. because song, because praise, the meaning of it, is that it is an inner language, an inner construct, the innermost construct of clinging to God. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like it's, it's the deepest kind of language that there is, the deepest kind of context that there is for connection with God. How so? It comes from, uh, uh, from thirst and yearning for godliness lide bitui bein hanehavim. Praise are, uh, are 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 emotional poems that come from uh, uh from this construct from this context that is like that which exists between lovers, right? So these songs of praise are like love poetry that we sing to God. Are like love poetry that we sing to God. Hashir bilshon hashir, yimse'u porkan l'rigshe lev uh Right? Because in the language of the song, you can um, um, you you can find uh, um, uh favor uh in the in the feelings of of the heart in its in its depth. Ukomosha matzinu bashir hashirim, just like we find in the Song of Songs, right? In the biblical book, the Song of Songs, which is an extended um it's more of like a dialogue love poem there's the, there's a male voice and female voices um so we find in the uh in the song of songs and by the way in in rabbinic literature the I, the notion of song of songs is that it's actually um a, a dialogic love poem between God and the jewish people um, <clears throat> so it, even though the the shots the con- context of it is that it's talking about human love, right, that it's actually, a, you know, it's a, a, a love poem between two lovers. Who
1: decided
0: that? Who decided what?
1: That
0: this is a love poem between God and the Jewish people. The, the rabbi. So it's, I mean, the, there's an interesting history of Shir um because it seems like very clear, I mean, if you read it based on its you know, basic meaning, um, contextual meaning, it's, it's, it's a love poem, uh, you know, uh, sung between lovers, human lovers. Uh, but, and, um, and it was a very popular and important book in ancient Israel, um, uh, which is how a lot of books get included in the Tanakh, um, not simply because of their religious value, although that's, in, that, that's an important feature, but also, it's it, it, the, the Tanakh is sort of like a library of of, of Jewish text, right? So, um, so it's 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 almost as if like if we if if you wanted to make like an American Bible, right? You would include things like I don't know the Bill of Rights and Huckleberry Finn and. Uh, and Moby Dick, right? I mean, there's just certain things that are so quintessentially American and so broadly popular that if you didn't include them in like a you know, an anthology of saying like this is the Bible of America, people would uh, not grant it any authority, right? It doesn't represent who we are or where we've come from. So when the Bible was... Uh, when the Tanakh was ultimately compiled, um, uh, it was done so with an understanding that it had to include things that there was broad consensus that these are big, important books, right? But the um, uh, and probably uh, there was a religious motivation at least for most of the things that get included, although um, not necessarily. I mean, a lot of things are included. You know, the the, the Tanakh was probably in part put put together by uh, court historians. Right of the uh, kings of, of probably the kings of Judah, um, <clears throat> but uh, and so there were probably political reasons too. You know, so that, that may include. But by the time the rabbis got a hold of it, right, or, or the or the uh, the predecessors of the rabbis, um, they you know they said to themselves, okay, we, you know we've got to we've got to determine um, a religious significance of this book. We're, like we don't only see the Tanakh as an anthology of Israel's greatest hits. Like we see the Tanakh as uh, the, the foundational uh, text of a, of a spiritual tradition. Um, so they, and I don't think that they were cynical about it. I think that they, um, they, they deeply believed that, right? Um, but this is, you know, um, many centuries after the Tanakh was, you know, so they had lost, you know, historical connection to when it was actually put together, right? So, but I think that they deeply believe this. This was their tradition. So they say, okay, you have this book. It's in the Tanakh, right? Um, that means it's got to be religious. And this book, Shirashirim, doesn't look religious. So it's got to be a metaphor for something, right? Same with, uh, <clears throat> same with the Book of Esther in some ways, right? The Book of Esther uh, doesn't mention God at all. Right? Uh, and so the rabbis had to say that's because, you know, God was was lurking beneath the surface. you got to interpret things here and there, and God was really there, right? Because they were uncomfortable with a biblical book not referencing God, right? Uh, but the simple understanding of the book of Esther is that God was not important to the author of the story. Um, you, know, the, you know, Take that for what you will, but, you know, that um, now I have no problem with reading it in such a way as to read God into the story, um, but I, I do that with the historical awareness that that's probably not what the author intended, um, but that's fine. You know, I mean, we do that all the time with 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 art and literature. We we, we uh, derive understandings from uh, from culture that the artist didn't necessarily intend, and there's nothing wrong with that. And right? I mean, um, we do it all the time. So, anyway. Um, so uh um right, so Kamosh Matsinubi um line thirty Komosh Matsinubi Shirashirim, Shakol Ohevine Ehav uh Miv Tashivchoshal Sheni Mitohrik Shava udvekut Kutim. Okay, so this is what we find in uh, in Shir Hashirim, in this love poem. That all lovers, all uh lover and beloved is the uh but all lovers, um uh uh, expound on the praises of the other, one to the other, uh, because of their deep feelings of, uh, of love and, and, uh, and connection uh, to each other. Right. So I, I just love that. If you just like linger on that, for me. he's going to go a little bit deeper. In it, but if you linger on that for a minute, that uh, the praise that we offer in our service is not to, you know, butter up a deity to give us what we want. But um, but a deep expression of of longing for and and, and connection to and loving God, um, uh, and that uh, that ideally it's dialogic, right? Uh, we we uh, sometimes you might hear it, um, sometimes you just might feel it, or or uh, you know you speak that those words of love because. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I think there's a way of looking at everything around you as a manifestation of God's love, right? So God's already speaking that poem to you; you just may not hear it always. Um, but uh, um, uh, um, but the but the but the notion that that what we're that we're, what we're doing in that moment is um, is you know a, 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 um, a deep loving expression of of a feeling to to God, right? Um, you know. Um, in, in, in the same way that we would to a lover, to a spouse, to a partner, to a, to a child, to a parent, um, to a friend. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next column. Uh, this is line nine of the next column. Let's see, I mark, marked it off. The Alperush Ze Mefresh uh, Divrei Rabbi Haglili. Okay, so according to this explanation, this is how we're going to explain the words of Rabbi Yossi, the Galilean, in, in the Talmud. olal mutal al birchei imo, v'tinok yonek that a toddler or an infant uh, rides on the shoulders of, uh, of his mother. And a, and a suckling infant uh, nurses from the breasts of his mother. Kevan Shira but when they saw the uh, divine presence at the uh, at the red sea at the splitting of the red sea and there's this tradition that not only at Sinai but at the splitting of the Red Sea there was a, a, a direct encounter of the Jewish people with with God. Um, there's this beautiful midrash that says God appeared to them in different forms at the Red Sea. God appeared to them as um, as a warrior doing battle, and at, at uh, Mount Sinai God appeared to them as a, an old man full of wisdom. Put aside the uh, mass, you know, the the very uh, masculine imagery of that. Um, uh, but uh, but anyway, so that's what he's referring to here. So when when uh, when nursing babies saw the shkina, saw God's presence at the Red Sea. Okay, when they saw God's presence. The, um, the the toddler uh, uh, got up or propped himself up on the neck of uh, his parent or turned himself around on the neck of his parent. And the nursing child uh, let go of the breast of uh, his mother and said, This is my God and I will exalt God, which is a, uh, one of the first lines of the Song of the Sea, which is one of the central, we don't generally do it uh, in our Shabbat worship because we cut things out for time, um, but it's actually a, cent- a, a central piece of Psuket is reciting the Song of the Sea. Um, and maybe we should put it back in. Maybe now I'll put it back in uh, because the idea is uh, that this recalls a moment of, uh, of direct encounter with God when we couldn't help ourselves but burst out into loving songs. Right. And so, and so compelling was that moment that, um, that the nursing infant let go of the breast of his mother. I don't know if you like, uh, well, I know you have, uh, but, um, so, you know, I mean, like it takes a lot, you know, for that to happen for, for, for a child who's in the throes of nursing to break their concentration, uh, for doing it. Right. And so here's what he says about it. This is amazing. He says, the um, right so the, the, the child or the baby uh, um, uh, um, are connected to the mother and nurse from her because she's the reason uh, that they're sustained. but when they saw the divine presence that they realized is what actually sustains them. Right, is what actually enables them to live, which is actually the the life force of the universe. They let go of their uh, uh, physical sustenance, and they connected themselves to their spirit, their source, their spiritual source, their 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 ultimate sustenance. Right? They realize that uh, um, that. Uh, that there was a um, a bigger, better breast out there, right? Which is God's. Uh, that, uh, that 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 um, that we we have these physical existences which are important and and uh, and and obviously the things we have to do that require us to survive. Uh, but but all existence um, exists um, because of and in relation to God, right? And so when they saw God, they stopped what they were doing, turned around, and sang. Um, uh, right, okay. Uh ha madrigas on line sixteen. Ze ha Sir El amru shira. Right, so this is the level uh, that uh, the Jewish people were at, or the Israelites were at, when it says that uh, that the children of Israel sang a song. Shahayu kodvukim Right, that's that's how connected they were to God at that at the moment. Ha'ilaha rishona. It's the, the, the primary sustainer. So they uh, so they uh, separated themselves from physicality, right? If you if you remember from uh, the past uh, several uh, months, that's a major theme of Nativot Shalom for prayer, right? The, uh, the, the way to uh, to to do Dveikut is even for a moment to transcend our physicality, right? To re- to remember as I, 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 were you, maybe you weren't I know were you here on Friday night. When I talked about this on Friday night, I talked about whether we are um, uh, physical beings that sometimes have spiritual experiences, or if we're spiritual beings that sometimes that that have for a limited time have a physical experience, right? And I think that uh, the Jewish perspective ultimately is that we're spiritual beings that for a limited period have a physical experience, and so the uh, the, the goal of prayer is to is to reconnect with what we truly are, right? To to reconnect uh, uh, with 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 God. Uh, from which we came and to whom we return. From, from whom we came and to whom we return. <coughs> Bituizeh, line nineteen. Bituizeh shall hestokekut. hamifta b'shirah shayach lav davka behavaat rikshe simcha v'hodaya laShem. Okay. So you might ask yourself, all the singing of praise. You know, what if I don't feel like praising? At a moment like, what if I don't feel like bust, bursting out in joyous song, like the song of the sea? Like, what if I'm having like a really hard time? Right? What if I'm what if I'm uh, going through pain? What if someone that I care about is sick? Um, and so what he says is that what you need to know about um, about this longing for God that uh, that materializes in or or is expressed through song, um, doesn't only. Uh, uh, relate to is not uh, is not only connected to uh, feelings of, of joy and gratitude. Right. Also, when we have uh, feelings of pain or uh, or trouble, um, uh, uh, songs of of praise matter and are relevant in expressing our feelings of longing um, and uh, yearning for God. Hamid Hamid right that uh, that that manifest uh within our uh within our pains right so some often in our pains that's where we long for God the most right that's where uh, that's where our deepest longing for God is maybe our maybe our pain is a direct result of or is compounded by um, our disconnect from God right so there is a sense um, that he has that that may perhaps uh, all the more so within pain there is this spiritual yearning and longing for for uh, god's presence and a connection to god <clears throat> um shimito kol haover a love magish margish alukotoy barach i amiasro mitok avatoelav kasher yisar ish et beno um because um because uh, anybody who uh um who uh, uh um uh anybody who uh, experiences uh uh these pains um uh, uh feels uh, god's uh presence uh because the Vot Shalom's perspective, that, um, that, that there are, uh, certain kinds of pains and sufferings that we have. This is the perspective of, uh, of the Talmud, um, uh, um, that, uh, um, uh, uh, that we, that we have, is a, is a tricky, uh, phrase, and I want to make sure I, uh, communicate this right, um, meaning that, um, that, uh, um, uh, you know, one of the challenges of promiscuous pronouns in the Hebrew, either that, uh, that God is afflicting us because of God's love for us, uh, or, um, uh, we feel our afflictions much more profoundly because of our love for God, right? And, you know, when, when, um, uh, so, I think that either one of those could plausibly be a read of what he's saying. Here, I don't want to get too bogged down in it. Just like a, a person uh, um, uh, uh, might afflict his uh, child out of love, right? Or, or punish his child out of love. I don't want to get stuck on that, though. The haklal hu shira loyachola lavo mitoch kehuta chosim, um tim hamoch vehalev. Right? Because the, the, the point here is that praise um, uh, can't come from the, the dullness of the senses or from the denseness of the, of the mind and the heart. mitoch <laughs> hahergashim. It can only come from the opening of our feelings. Right? so In other words, whether it comes from joy or whether it comes from pain, uh, song is equally relevant. Right? We can um you, you can have love poetry that is uh pained and and uh and 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 dark and sad and 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 longing because the lover is gone or the lover rejected him, or or I'm just in pain and I need your love more than ever, right? Um right, and and the only thing he's saying that you need to know is that praise doesn't work and is not about um sort of like intellectual reading it from the page, right? Okay, we have to say Pesuket we have to like recite this, this, uh, this, this song at this particular time, right? Um, and he's saying that that's not the point of Shira. That's not the point of, uh, of, of praise. Praise is about um, opening up your heart, whether that is in pain or in joy, um, to, uh, to, to offer that, that uh, love poem of connection to God. And, um, um <clears throat> I'm on line uh, twenty-seven here in the middle of the line. Ooh, let me just take a look at the time. Okay. Okay, so this is what we find in the book of Psalms. Right? All of the book of Psalms are 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 poems for God in, in, in just this way, right? And vashirahi <clears> lorak sheomer halalu et hashem shemaim bamromim. Right. So Psalms has a lot of different kinds of uh, poems in it, and it's not all uh, praise God from the heavens. You know, praise God uh, from the uh, from the high places. Right. It's not all um, you know singing hallelujah. Right. Um, Halusha, meshveirach, v'kolkokveor. Right, it's not all uh, uh, praise God, uh, sun and moon, and all uh, stars of the sky. Right, Ad okay, halu et shamina art t'nin michot moteshvar g'shal g'vikitor ruach sarah sedvaray okay etc right he's just quoting basically a, a whole psalm shimagish ech a ech mikohana asim venotrim nivaim vaatzumim mikulam bokat shiral boram right that's expressing how all of these incredible creations um uh, express this a uh, uh, beautiful and joyful Song of praise to God, right? So Psalms has Psalms like that. Psalms has poems like that. <laughs> right? We also uh, have in Psalms the Psalms that say, uh, "Do not chastise me in your anger. Uh, do not afflict me in your uh, in in your whatever synonym for anger is." Um, uh, yeah, wrath. There we go. Thank you. Um Hashem ki umlalani, right? <coughs> um uh, be gracious to me, God, because I'm I'm uh because I'm 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 very lowly. Oh Adhena Hashem Tishkecheni. uh sorry, Adana Hashem Tishkecheni. right. So or, or or when the Psalms say, yeah, God, how long will you forsake me? Right? the And Psalms also say these things. Uh uh, um, don't uh, hide your face from me. Right. Those are also poems. Right. Those are also songs. Those are also songs of praise too. Right. There's also love songs. Those are also songs of longing for connection to God in just the same way that the songs of joy are. Right. Um, and in fact, I, mean, I think you can make an argument that uh, you know, if you like, think back to your uh, favorite love songs. Uh, most of them uh, have a uh, my, my and maybe I just listen to darker music than people, but I feel like the best ones are the ones that come from a place of pain, right? You know that uh, that that are that are expressing longing for a lover, right? I, I can't think of all that many. I can think of a few, you know, like uh, I saw her standing there, right? Or something like that, you know, that are that are like, you know, gushing and positive about Love the is a Love is thing. a mini splendor thing, right? They all sound so like, you know, cheesy, right? But uh, uh, but anyway, I mean, it's the same thing. But uh, but but I think that when we think about it in terms of uh, you know, popular music, uh, it becomes a little bit easier to ascertain what it's talking about, or poetry, right? That, uh, that uh, poems of, of uh, longing uh, for a lover are, are every bit um, as uh, uh, deep expressions of connection to a lover as poems of praise for a lover. afilu um, I'm on line 38. uh uh Elohim ba'ugoyim b'nachalatecha Timu et etc. Right? Even when we say, you know, that the that, uh, the non-Jewish nations have uh, entered your 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 portion and have uh, 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 defiled uh, the the um, the palace of your holiness, uh, your temple, etc. Omro when more, Right? Even when we say things like that, pained expressions. We say it in the language of a poem. Im Im ki kina mi because um, uh, um, we, we say it out of uh, um, out of like jealousy right uh, that that you know that god you know how can you how can you let other people uh, um, uh, have their way with you you know that sort of thing etzel etzel naim's mirot. wrote Move on to the next page. Etzel Naims Mirod, Yisrael Hakol Sheir, Kimin Hakol Margish Kirvat Elukutoi Barach. Okay, so um, uh, uh, so regarding all of these kinds of songs, um, uh, they're all uh, songs of praise in the same in the same way, all uh, loving I- expressions of a desire for connection to God. Ki min margish because through all of them, all the different kinds of poems or songs that we might offer, it's a way of feeling the closeness of God. And it all opens God's uh, holy heart. Vishum davar eno mitam temoto, and then nothing can seal it off. Vitzar hu mishtokek vitzame elavi barach right so uh, whether it's from joy or whether it's from pain it all is expressing longingness and thirst for God. Vegam biyoto b'midbar Yehuda, Rachok migvul Hakadoshah right even if you're at the he says midbar Yehuda which is uh, the Judean desert but I think what he I think he's citing a. a um, so there's this sort of like internal reference there that I'm not super familiar with, but basically saying like if you're at the ends of the earth, right? You're you're not in shul, or you're or all the more so if you're not in, um, in the temple in Jerusalem, right? You're far away from a place of where where you might feel a sense of physical closeness to God. Rachok migvul akudusha, away from the borders of uh, the boundaries of holiness. Who shar etamiz more. Elohim uh um uh ash sama tsama lacha nafshi kama lacha basari. Right so you should say um uh 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 God you are one. You should sing, God, you are one. Um I will uh, I I will praise you, my heart uh, my excuse me, my my soul thirsts for you. This is a, a song <coughs> a piut, a, a liturgical prayer that um, that some people will add in their uh, prayers um called samalha nafshi my my soul thirsts for you Kamalacha alhabsari my how my body longs for you kibhu matavim hayatami haytamid biqinat libi bisari on the new el elo um el el chai um because in all of these situations, wherever we are, right, whatever we might be doing, um, we can sing songs of longing and love for God um, in the manner of my heart and my body um, uh, are um, are uh, eg- eg- exalting um, toward the living God. <speaking in Japanese> right, and that is the meaning of what what we do when we offer praise in the in, in the prayer service it's not important how a person speaks god's praise in other words it doesn't matter if you do it out of joy or out of pain Right, and it also doesn't matter how much you know right it doesn't matter how much you know or feel like you know about God, what God is, who God is, how broad your perspective is. It doesn't matter how learned you are, right? How well you can recite the Psalms in the prayer book, right? Um, there's a there's a story like this. Uh, if I have a moment, I'll tell it to you in a second. Um, but I want to finish this paragraph. V'afilu ach asher im levavo male who he spoke a right It's just just that if your heart is filled with <coughs> longing and thirst um zot baamirach va khoshar maqam right and you bring that uh to a uh, uh, speaking god's praises The khoshon haram bam and as uh, my mothery says uh um qul uh, khad lfiko Right, every single person according to his or her ability. Right, however you do it, whatever you say, as long as you do it with with feeling, with uh, uh, however you're capable, um, this is the highest possible level of uh, connecting to God in prayer, right? Higher than gratitude, higher than. Uh, than certainly higher than petition right uh the 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 expression of this inner language of lovers to God is the best that you could do highest possible level um which not coincidentally I think is why this is the part of prayer that most people have the most trouble with right um myself included i you know i um I, this kind of um because uh, I often get, you know, you get into this sort of like philosopher's mind. You know, who is this God that I'm talking to, and and I, I, you know, how do you see him or her, and how do you feel him or her, and you know, and you get into this, you know, like you feel like you're, you know, like who am I actually talking to, and where, right? All of those questions that are like philosophical questions, not relational questions, right? have, have no bearing on the feeling of of presence or connection or closeness to God. Uh, and saying, So, so if you can. Uh, Put aside those rational questions and just get to a place where you um, are um, being intimate with God, right? Uh, and, and experiencing God as a lover, that's the highest level that you possibly have of dvekut. I mean, think about it literally, the term dvekut, clinging together, right? It's, it's almost like a um, uh, um, physical expression of love with God, which may be why... Um, uh Jews sway when they pray. Okay. Vehi Kotev uh Hatfila Shekula Shir U Lifanavi Brah, right? And if you do that, then all of your prayer is a song and praise of God. Mathilbe psukei Desimra, you start with psukei Desimra, right? This uh, first part of uh, of of prayer, the the songs of praise. Vivarech David, right, uh, later on in the prayer service you get to this uh, passage, V'ivarech David The Shirat Hayam, the song of the sea, Birchot Yotzer Or, right? The 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 blessings before the Shema, the Chule, the Shirat Malachim, right? And the the song of the angels. You think he's talking about the Kedusha in the Amida? The Charkach, but Tefila Atzma Shoshav Rishonot Hem Shirat Shivcho Lefanav. Right, and in the Amida itself, you have the three introductory prayers are songs of praise to God. Right? And also the latter three blessings in the Amida are also uh, uh, praise uh, and and gratitude to God. So he's going, basically he's going, covering the whole prayer service. Look, look at the prayer service, break it down, right? 90% of it is praise, right? And so if you're able to praise God in the manner that he describes here, right, then you will have spent 90% of your time effectively, right? In other words, I I think that that's really relevant. Like people, myself included, like come to prayer and 90% of the time feels totally irrelevant because what am I doing giving my praise to God like this? Like what kind of God worthy of my prayer could possibly need all of that effusive praise? And what he's saying is, no, you're missing the point, Right. Um, it's so much of your time because it's all about the relationship with God, right? And, and the relationship is like the relationship between lovers. And so you spend all of your time in prayer reciting love poetry to a lover. That's what we're doing. Shem ikara that's the essence of hashanah in, in, in all the, the prayers of the year so i uh as uh, as I was reading that last paragraph um I mentioned that there's a a, a story I'll just give you like the, the thirty second version of it so there's this um uh, a poor shepherd in this um <clears throat> who's uneducated and one day uh um a, a learned man, a merchant passes through uh through his town uh and uh and uh, notices the poor shepherd praying and the poor shepherd prays every day the same prayer He says, "God, you know I don't know much." Um, but I know I love you and I love you so much that even though I'm very poor and I only have, you know, these few sheep to my name, um, if you wanted them, I would give them all to you. And that was the prayer. He would pray every day. So this learned man passed through and, uh, and saw the poor shepherd praying that way. And he says, hey, fool, don't pray that way. And so, we teach, so he gives him a siddur and he teaches him all the prayers in the cidor, right? Um, and, uh, and he says, this is the way you should pray. You should pray all these words in the siddur. And uh, over the course of time, uh, the shepherd uh, 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 forgets how to pray the way the learned man taught him to pray. So he doesn't pray that way anymore. But the learned man had taught him not to pray the way he was praying. So he stopped praying altogether. right? And uh, and and then God appears to the learned man in a dream and says... Um, says, I'm going to bring afflictions upon your house if you don't go back to the poor shepherd and tell him to pray the way he used to pray because you've robbed me of one of my greatest gifts. And so the learned man wakes up and runs it back over to where the poor shepherd is and begs him to pray the way he used to pray. And I think that's what it's saying here is um, is that if you are able to approach prayer as a, a, an expression of intimacy with God, none of the words of the prayer book matter. If the words of the prayer book help us facilitate that, great. If you confuse them with that kind of spirit and that kind of meaning, even better. But the essence of prayer is intimacy and connection with God. Um, so we're out of time, but any thoughts or comments or questions before we close out? Well, I recognize that was a long piece. Well the
1: whole the whole purpose here is to raise our spirit up to God because we can't bring him down. Right. We must lift up and be ready for him to lift us up further. I
0: love that. I, love
1: that. I think this was all very beautiful and I you know, I never thought of all the praise as buttering up by any means. I couldn't have expressed it yeah. as well as yeah. you read it to us, but I think I'm gonna think a lot about that and it's gonna make me feel better and closer and more connected and mm-hmm. that's what it is. But, but, and I think, and I was just reading, you know, little by little Nomi Levy's book and, you know, and, and I think the other day I was reading about, you don't know, need to be, so involved with all the prayers in the Siddur, you need to be free to have your own sincere prayers, and yeah.
0: Right, right. You know, maybe we don't give enough space for that, you know, maybe that's worth considering, and it's also worth considering you know, like I, you know, I have a sort of disposition that that people will love Judaism the more joyous it is, but it also, I think that that sort of um, uh, uh, emotionally uh, cripples the the prayer service because it, it's about he says here right it should be about more than joy maybe you're not feeling joy that day and it and it shouldn't be about you know the rabbi and cantor sort of forcing joy on you except for maybe simchat Torah and Purim. You know, like Purim, like you have to be joyous right but um but like who said you know like you know we, we do you know ashrei really joyous melet. it's very nice right but but like i can imagine you know being in a bad mood coming to shul wanting to pray uh, You know, as an expression of my pain, right? And like being like, I'm like, I want to sing that ashray tune. Like, you know, don't make me sing that ashray.
1: But, you know, we can't let go of what we have in the service. This is who we are, this is who we've been for, you know, all of this millennia. And uh, I think now we are coming more to what we're doing and learning about now, but we have to do both. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just a new interpretation of everything that's already been done. And the well, interpretation, I think, helps get you closer. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's also a different, you know, sort of procedure, a different way of going about things. And, um, and it's very freeing, and it's very beautiful, and I think it really does enhance the connection and the closeness and the intimacy and everything. But... Uh, you know, the other thing is what holds us to the tradition, yeah. of, you know, moves yeah. us to the tradition of where we came from yeah. and who we are.
0: Right. And, and so I think you're right. I mean, you know, uh, um, it's probably a little uh, too too harsh and too extreme uh, from what I said. And I think that, um, you know, part of it is, and this is, this is I think, an educational thing, Um you know we do we do a lot of unintended damage uh, to uh, uh, people, especially young people learning about Judaism. We want them to know the texts of their tradition. We want them to know the traditional prayers and things like that. But we also um, uh, reinforce a perception that this is that that this is prayer, and that prayer is about reading out of a book and following along with the rabbi in the service. And, what I think that those are supposed to be are sort of springboards for your own spiritual exploration. You can follow along with the rabbi in the service. You can follow along with the prayer book if that helps you accomplish this, right? If it doesn't help you accomplish it, um, then put it down. If it if it if it you know takes you off the page, right? If it's a combination thereof, right? You can you can go off in your own direction. You know, that's, if you ever go to like an Orthodox synagogue, I mean, I can't speak for KBI, but the Orthodox synagogues that I've been to, especially Hasidic or ultra-Orthodox congregations, right, communal prayer isn't particularly communal. You know, everybody is sort of praying at their own pace and in their own way. It's just you have a prayer leader kind of bringing everybody back together, right? It's sort of like you bring everybody back together, they go off in their own way. And they bring everybody back together, and they go off in their own way, right? Um... uh, I, I I lament that we've lost that sense in um, in liberal Judaism. I don't
1: think I ever had that. Yeah. You know, I'm just really getting it now. It's yeah. <laughs> in my seven years. Yeah. So thank you for that. Okay, you're <laughs>